If Jesus were physically present today, would he use social media? And if so, to what end? And what can we learn from the life and teachings of Jesus about how to comment on social media well? Given how much I use social media and our culture does, these are some pressing questions we need to lean into and address. I'm here with my Think Biblically co-host, Scott Ray, who is an ethicist, written a lot of books, done your PhD in this, to explore these questions. So let's jump right in. If Jesus were physically present today, do you think he might use social media? Well, before I answer that, Sean, let okay. me just a disclaimer out for our, for our audience here. You should know that Sean and I have completely different approaches to social media. <laughs> that Sean, is true. Fair Sean enough. uses it extensively, uh, and I think for the most part okay. to, to good ends. Okay. Uh, and I don't use it hardly at all uh, because I've seen I've seen the way people comment on it. I've seen the Christian community mm. the way they the way they comment on it in ways that I think are more reflective of where of the polarization of the culture. Okay. And I don't want to be part of that. And okay. it, it I found but that by by exposing myself to that and the temptation to to sort of fight fire with fire on that has done some harm to my soul. Wow. On that. Wow. And so I have chosen just to be sort of out of I'm I'm out okay. for now. Okay. Uh, I may change that sure. at some point. I should be fair to my wife is just the opposite. Oh, okay. For me. All right. Uh, and she doesn't quite understand why I'm not more engaged mm. with social media. Uh, but I'm just at a, I'm in a different place. Uh, and you know what? That that's fair. That's going to be helpful for our viewers. Yeah. We're two different generations, two different approaches here. Christians trying to be faithful to what we think God has called us to. Yeah. We're not saying there's one way to do this, right? But there's biblical principles we all need to apply as we approach it. So if our listeners are anticipating that I would say, well, of course, Jesus would not have used social media. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that. And granted, okay. it, I mean, this is all speculation. Sure. Hopefully sure. reasonably sanctified speculation. Well said. Um, but I think Jesus would have used social media today. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is that you look at all of the different creative ways Jesus used to communicate the message of the gospel. Hmm. I mean, he used, obviously, he used some things that we're not capable of using, like doing miracles. Of course. Uh, and that had a powerful impact. Hmm. Uh, but he used, he told stories repeatedly. He did. He used, he used what I would call sort of extended illustrations mm -hmm. that were drawn from the earthiness and the, the warp and woof of everyday life in the first century so that anybody could relate to them. The, the parables he used, he told hundreds of parables hmm. uh, that were all based on things that the average person had in common and could relate to. Uh, he he went to he went into the synagogues to preach. He did. Uh, he interacted with the rabbis. Uh, he debated according to the you know the way in which the 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 rabbis would they had their own way of debating in that culture at that time. And, and he, he was totally it. comfortable with that. Okay. Uh, he also has spent lots of time around Gentiles, around non-Jews, and, and told them the, the gospel message in ways that they could relate to. Mm. So I think given that he used so many different creative ways to communicate, I think he would have used other tools at his disposal okay. had, they, had they been there. Okay, now before we go any further— a book, I probably won't write it, but in the back of my mind has been, because I studied communications as an undergrad, what are the communication means of Jesus? 
And he did certain things like, do people ask, why did he get in a boat? To project his voice. Why did he speak up a hill? I've been to the Mount I've Beatitudes. I've been there too. And I, I told our group, I said, wait up here. I'm going to talk. Right. You did the same thing. You I see did exactly the same thing. And it projects up the hill. Hundreds of feet away. It does. And with no, you know, with no artificial amplification, I, I mean, those people, they heard me just fine. Mm. You know, like this was probably I don't know, at least 100 yards away I, uh, down the hill, if not more so. So uh, I, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think you're right that Jesus used very thoughtful means of communication given the day that he was in. So to communicate in principle, no problem with using social media. Right. I think he would have used television. Okay. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. I think he would have used that. Um, okay. So you I, think, I, think, I think he might have, you know, he might have also had, you know, short films. Okay. I think he might have done... I think he might have done done YouTube videos. Interesting. Um, I I could see I could easily see some of the disciples mm. with a, with a, a cell phone out filming when the paralytic <laughs> is lowered through the roof. Okay. In, in Mark right. chapter two. Um, now I think he would have also been I think aware of some of the dangers of it because mm-hmm. uh, you know as we've as we've talked about before mm-hmm. uh, for certain audiences. Jesus did not want the word to get out That's right. about his miracles. But with and those that was a Jewish audience. And the reason for that is because they did he didn't want people prematurely proclaiming him as king and, and getting the wrong idea of what the kingdom was going to be and in, in, in doing so bypass the cross. But with Gentiles, he was much more open and did not put the same kind of restrictions on Gentiles. Spreading the word about Jesus that he then he did that he did to Jews, mm. so I think he would have he would have used it I think thoughtfully, carefully. I think okay. he probably would have told his followers there are probably some things we don't want to post, <laughs> right. you know, for now. But but yeah. other you know other groups he would have posted you know much more liberally. So the concern from your perspective is not so much that Jesus didn't want his message to get out. But it was the right message at the right, at the time, right time. That's exactly when he right. He wanted it out. But of course, right. he had 12 disciples who he says go to the ends of the earth in the Great Commission right. to multiply and spread this message. So that's fair. What about one of the things social media does is it tends to create it about the self, it's about me to the world. Now, in some ways, what's wrong with that is we're called to love God and love other people. So we can be selfish when it's inordinately about us. But if you actually are God in human flesh and you want people to worship you, it doesn't seem the same rules apply. I'm, I'm not, I would not have been worried about Jesus succumbing to the narcissism mm. that, you know, characterizes a lot of social media. You know, I mean, that, I, that's not an issue. Uh, and I think he would have used it. I think he would have used it appropriately to call attention to the things that he called attention to in the other ways that he communicated. Mm. Um, he was not shy about proclaiming who he was. Um, no, I think, again, at the right time. And the reason sure. was, was, of course, because, you know, when people talk, when people in first century Judaism heard, heard somebody talk about Messiah, that was king 
like the zealots, overthrow the Romans. It was all political. Mm. Okay? Jesus, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. Right. And the audience wasn't, they weren't ready to hear that until we got closer to the cross. Okay. So, so and the other, I think the other part of this too is, and we'll get to this yeah. in a second, but, you know, the apostles, we, we it's not just the communication skills of Jesus. It was also, we also need to include the apostles. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. Church. At, at, we get the apostles as a whole. What about Paul? Would the apostle Paul have used social media? Why or why not? Well, I think undoubtedly he would have. Okay. I think there's... There's good evidence, I think, that Paul was very strategic mm. in the way he communicated the gospel, even when he was in prison. In fact, I mm. think he had a communication strategy for when okay. he was in prison. Right? So take, for example, he spent the last two years of his life in prison in Rome. Right? Acts, Acts 28 mm-hmm. records that. I think you can make a good argument that by the end of Acts 28, the, the, mess, the, the, the part in Acts about 1, 8, in verse, chapter 1, verse 8, where he promises that the gospel will go to the ends of the earth. Right. I think by the end of the book of Acts, you can make an argument that that promise had been fulfilled. Okay. Paul's sitting in a Roman prison for two years with nothing else to do but write letters and have conversations with the Roman centurions who were guarding him, who right, changed right. every four hours he got another group of four. Hmm. And guess where those Roman centurions got posted after they did their duty in Rome? Hmm. They were, where were they posted? They were posted to the farthest reaches of the Roman Empire. Interesting. I think that became one of the primary means by which the gospel went hmm. to the uttermost parts of the earth. Hmm. I think Paul was fully aware that the people who were guarding him not only were a captive audience for the gospel, but they were they might have been might have been the ones to bring the gospel to those far reaches of the Roman Empire. And I think okay. I think you can make a similar argument that his missionary journeys, recorded in, in most of the latter part of the Book of Acts, had a similar strategy to it, to reach okay. those parts of the world. Uh, so, bottom line, when we say Jesus and Paul might use social media, we don't mean any form of social media necessarily. And we right. don't mean in the way it's often used today, even by Christians, the end would be the advancement of the gospel. Right. Is that and fair enough? I think, and I would add to that, which, which you mentioned a minute ago, the advancement of the gospel and love of neighbor. Mm, okay. So I think that, okay. you know, that puts off the table all of the snarkiness Yep. You know, and all, although I think, you know, Jesus, I think, sort of bordered on godly snarkiness to the, oh, to the religious you know leaders what? at times. I agree he did. Um, Have you not read when he knew they had read? I think that's an example, yeah. Matthew 19. Yeah. Okay. So there's a place for satire, sarcasm, right. that whether we use it well or not, we're not saying you couldn't in principle use it for that when we look at the example of Jesus. Right. But we don't always use it well as Christians. Yeah, I think we'll we— will get to some we, of that. We, yeah, I think we okay. more often than not succumb to okay. you know, ungodly temptations when we use it. Fair enough. So if social media is a tool to love our neighbor, and that's a range of ways we won't unpack, but that's just being kind, being gracious, right. caring for people— and advancing the gospel with awareness of how much social media can affect us, Jesus might use it. Now, before we jump and talk about exactly how to use it, 
I'm curious. I don't think I've ever asked you this straight up. Do you think technology such as social media is neutral in the sense of worldview neutral? Like we tend to think of technology as tools that we use, but does it shape and affect us? I, John, I don't, I don't think that's debatable okay. any longer. Okay. Because uh, I think there's no doubt that it shapes us. The question is the degree to which we're aware of it. Mm. And can try to be intentional about that. I mean, one of my one of I think one of the most influential books I've ever read was published in 1985. Wow! By the social critic Neil Postman, mm. called "Amusing Ourselves to Death." Yep. And he was writing about television. <laughs> right. That's all. Right. When there were three channels on television, he had. I mean, I can just imagine what he would say about the explosion of the internet and social media like we have today. Uh, in fact, his follow-up book to that was called Technopoly mm. and how technology, I think communication technology has formed a monopoly on how we think and how we interact with people. And I think his point, and I think okay. he's right about that, is the, the influence is it's not only there, it's profound. And in most cases, we're not aware of it. So if I'm not mistaken, the example that he gave, or at least I remember here at Biola in communication classes talking about going way back, the Kennedy versus Nixon debate. First time it shifted from mm-hmm. radio to television. And those who listened on radio thought Nixon won That's on right. content, but Kennedy won because of his appearance and his charisma. Yeah. He had better makeup. The medium of television shaped the way that was assessed. And if that's just television, what about 60-second videos on TikTok? What about tweets? What about Instagram posts that we can doctor and make look Mm -hmm. a certain way? What about YouTube videos? Have we minimally asked the question how they shape our brains, how they shape the way we process truth, how they shape our relationships? That's a question that often gets ignored, that if we're going to use social media, minimally be powerfully aware of it to resist its lure. And I think a passage that I always come back to is Romans 12, too, where Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And conformed is kind of a passive way of just really becoming conformed to the world around us. I think of like Plato and those old like Star Wars mm-hmm. plastic you, you squish the Play-Doh and it gets conformed to the image of like, you know, the, some Star Wars figure or something like that. Don't be conformed. Be transformed by the way we think. So it seems to me just being aware of this is one powerful way to resist it. Yeah, and I, I sense just in the discussions I've had with friends and colleagues who use social media a lot, there's actually, I think, a pretty significant amount of resistance to facing those questions about how we're shaped mm. by those technologies. And so I think a, a big part of our, of our having an approach based on humility is that we, we have to be open to the ways in which we are being shaped without our awareness. Mm. I, I think, I think that's, that's naive to think that we're not. Mm. And to be, I think to be resistant to that I think is actually – taking us down a road that might not be all that beneficial for us. Now, that's not true for, not only true for social media. That's true for like 
a clock and a watch shaped the way we dissect the world into segments. We used to not think that fashion. Uh, So this is not a reason to throw out social media, but it's a big wake-up call that says, what do we not know about effectiveness? Do we have a sense of humility Mm -hmm. as we look at it? And if it comes to the point that it's negatively affecting us, got to be willing to give it up. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're not for clocks. The Industrial Revolution probably wouldn't have happened mm. nearly as quickly as it did because it, enab- it enabled businesses to quantify production in units of time. It was a huge revolution mm. in the way, in just the way we thought about time because time now was something that we controlled as opposed to it being controlled by ex- external forces. Mm. Uh, and this, I think the same is true with, social, with lots of different types of media mm. today. Uh, I mean, look, look, what's, look what's happened. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick on this a little bit. I don't intend for this all to be negative. But look what's happened to reading today. Mm. And I think with, with reading, you get a degree of, of critical thinking that I'm not sure you get the same way in quite, in quite the same depth that you do just taking in media. Now, I think we're getting better at that, and I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a non-starter today, uh, but I think, that's, I think that's something that we've lost um, that, I think's, I, I, that I think is too bad. Uh, I, because what I find, if I, get, I assure you that if I assign for my classes a series of YouTube videos for students to watch <laughs> as opposed to a textbook to read, mm-hmm. even, even a really interesting one like yours and mine, yeah. <laughs> uh, I assure you that the, the reading would get done at a far, far lesser rate mm. than people would do the social media assignment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost, I'd bet my last buck on that. I think you're you're probably right about that. And in fairness, different mediums are going to invite different levels right. of reflection. So I tend to use YouTube for longer form discussions to unpack ideas. Not that everybody uses it for that. Whereas TikTok, 60 seconds, music, quick, grab, yeah. implant one idea, Instagram. They all had different ways, but nonetheless, they all affect us. It's easier to watch something passively, I think, what social media is. Versus reading has to be active. I think that's maybe one of the differences. So in my class, I try to use both. Watch a video because yeah. that's what people are using today. Learn how to think about it, but you still got to read. <laughs> you got to do both. Yeah. And so, our, yeah, so our students would say, well, if you know that about us, then why are you assigning reading in the first place? There you go. Uh, and there's a, there's a reason for that uh, that, I, that, I, that I don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. But I think we should also be open to all of the different things that we can accomplish through different communication styles. Mm. And TikTok can be very effective for what it's intended to do. Right? Now it can also be, you know, idiotic yes, it as can. well. But it definitely can. But that's, you know, that's that's on the you know, on the users and the and the creators mm. of the of that material. But I think there's there's no doubt that what we can, uh, what you, what you can do in a different setting, you know, is is determined by that particular media outlet. Mm. So go, going in, in much more depth, I think is a, is appropriate. You can do that, and I think even on even on television or radio, uh, 
I'm not. I'm not always convinced that those are the best medium. Okay. Uh, for you know extended critical thinking. I remember being on a you know a fairly well known talk radio program that, that I think is well known for being more serious. I got 30 seconds to make my point. Really? If I didn't make it in 30 wow. seconds, the host moved on to the next wow. subject. So I, wow. I, I, you know, for a while I was of the view that mm. serious mm. radio or serious television was almost an oxymoron. Wow. I'm not convinced of that any longer mm. because I think we have other ways where we can, where the, the producer can control yes. what's being done. Yep. And you, I mean, you can, you know, you know, how many YouTube videos today go, you know, 45 to 60 minutes, 75 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's not uncommon. Regular, yeah. Uh, and on te- that would never fly on television or radio today. Well said. Well, let's, let's maybe shift into some practical ways. Now we could talk about how Christians should or should not use social media, but let's focus down on commenting. How do specific. we comment? Yeah. So as opposed well. to posting. Yeah, as opposed to posting. Yeah. How do we comment whether it's on our post when somebody posts or we see another post and we comment? Let's get into some of those okay. particulars. Well, let me let's go back to the Jesus and the apostles. Okay. For a minute. And let's right. let's state it a little differently. Okay. How how do you think Jesus would not mm. have used social media? What are some of the things you think he would be specifically avoiding? I think he would not use social media to shame people. Okay. I see that happening a lot. Christians yeah. are not. Now, there is— it's, it's, a, it's the comment that basically says, you're an idiot. Yeah, and that's a generous <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. And sometimes you don't have to say that. It's just demolishing an argument in a certain way. He wouldn't do that. Now, he does go firmly against some of the religious leaders. So I'm not saying he's a pushover. But as I look on social media, sometimes I get the impression people think their goal is just to shame others. And to me, that's a shame. And I think Jesus clearly would not use it as that kind of means that I see Christians do. Yeah, that's not to say that that Jesus didn't use really strong language. Of course. For certain folks. And in general, I think there's there's a a pattern to that. Yes. where, Where people were in denial— about their sin or their their spiritual Agreed. condition, Agreed. Jesus was not hesitant to hammer them pretty hard. Right. But once people, once that wall broke, once people acknowledged where they were, he was complete, not trying completely to. different. But also keep in mind the audience. When you That's shame right. somebody on social media, anybody exactly. in the entire world can see it right. and pile on. Now, sometimes Jesus was strong with the religious leaders with audiences around, but even that was a limited audience right. compared to social media. Well, in some media. cases, that, so, was in, that was entirely private I, in some cases. In many cases, too. it was. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So I think he wouldn't use okay, so it wouldn't, as a means of shame. He wouldn't shame people. He wouldn't use it as a means of growing followers for the sake of growing followers or subscribers and likes. That wouldn't yeah. be his primary metric. Now, he's trying to get disciples and followers of a certain kind— so even right. with the rich young ruler, he lets the rich young ruler walk away. He spoke truth to him. So if Jesus was motivated by, hey, that's yeah. a subscriber I'm losing, right. he probably would have dealt with a rich young ruler in a very different fashion. And what, why I think this is a big warning is because I use a lot of these different mediums. There's a constant temptation, Scott, to think if I label it this way, if I make a thumbnail that looks like this, if I use this title— 
I will get more views, I'll get more likes, I'll get more subscribers. That temptation is there. And I always ask myself, what's lost in communicating the way that the world communicates in terms of the gospel and the bigger picture of what we're trying to advance? Are Christians the salt of the earth and the salt of social media? So he wouldn't be like, I just need to have the biggest YouTube channel for the sake of having a big YouTube channel. That's what Jesus would not do. And commenting in that fashion, he wouldn't comment. Sometimes I see people commenting and everyone's like, gotcha. And it goes viral because it's provocative for the sake of being provocative. He wouldn't be motivated by that. Now, I, can, I can see some things in the ministry of Jesus easily going viral. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, imagine, they have gone viral. <laughs> right. I mean, I can just, I can imagine the disciples with a smartphone filming you know, when they, when they lower the paralytic down through the roof that they've dug a hole in mm. to be healed, you know, or when, you know, when, you know, Jesus heals the man at the pool of Bethesda who'd been waiting for 30 years to get into mm. the waters, you know, some of those things. Uh, but I think we need to recognize, too, that throughout the Gospels, Jesus was not hesitant to have followers leave him. He was not. If they, if they weren't up for right. what life in the kingdom was about. That's right. He, he, he had no qualms about losing followers mm. if it were for the right reason. And by the way, they wanted to make him king, and what does he do? He goes away and he prays. Right. That's like somebody on who uses social media saying, hey, Joe Rogan wants you on. There's nothing wrong if you go on. I would go on a show, but that's the equivalent in Jesus' case. He's like, that's not my calling. That's not what I'm here for. Can we resist those kinds of temptations? Jesus knew what his end was, and he stuck with it well. I, I don't think Jesus would be interested in being labeled an influencer. <laughs> in the way it's understood yeah. today, yeah. for the sake um, of being an influencer. Well, let, we can shift to some of these ways of comments, but if I can make one one observation about this before we jump in, yeah. because again— I use TikTok on Twitter, Instagram, oh, you're on YouTube, and I try to comment wisely. And by the way, those of you watching this, there's plenty of times I've gone back and deleted a comment. There's plenty of times people email me like, hey, that wasn't gracious. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I'm in process like everybody else's, but my goal is to comment the way Jesus would. That's that's it, the goal. Well, and I, get, and, and I think our audience should understand too that a lot of times— you know, you get people commenting on your stuff with comments that have some horseradish on it. Oh, yeah. That's and, a, the, and the that's temptation, the... The, I mean, the temptation to put some mustard back on the response is sometimes hard to resist. It's tough to resist. Here's a question I don't think people ask, and I try to ask. How is this comment going to land and be received? Yeah. We're not asking when I comment how is the person who's observing this, what are they going to think about Christians? Is this going to help them be more sympathetic to my worldview? How does it treat, like you said, love of neighbor and the person I'm talking to? How are they going to receive it? We don't ask that. Rather, we think I'm going to vent, I'm going to win, I'm going to prove I'm right. We don't think of the other. And I think if we paused and just asked in terms of attitude and approach— is this comment going to help? Right. If it, not, don't post right. it. Is this going to serve the goal of winning a person 
as opposed to simply winning an argument. And those are not necessarily the they same They are not things. the same thing because most people are won by how we treat them. Exactly. More so than by the cogency of our argument. Now, we have to have – our argument's got to be good too. Mm. But – you know, you're not going to, you, you are generally not going to win over people who you have demolished in your comments. So I'll give you an example. I recently on, on my YouTube channel had an atheist New York media elite. That was his title, not mine, writes for the New Yorker, writes for the Atlantic. Uh, totally, he's an atheist with very different worldviews. And I interviewed him about his life. And then I had him back on and I said, I'm going to turn the reins over to you. What do you want to know from an evangelical Christian apologist? And it was super interesting conversation. I went through reading the comments and there were a lot of positive Christians leaving comments like, hey, Adam, thanks for coming on evangelical, sharing your perspective. Question for you. Then there was a handful of people that were attacking him. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Here's a guy who has a different worldview willing to come into our world, give us an insight in his perspective. And these people, I presume, are Christians attacking him. I'm thinking, do you know other Christians read this? Do you know he might read this? Like, what does that accomplish? Nothing. Maybe it makes you feel good, but that accomplishes nothing. If we just ask, how is this going to land? It's going to advance a conversation, love my neighbor. And sometimes, as we'll get into, that's asking a tough question. Sometimes that's challenging ideas. But the way it's done, we just don't think in those terms. I would rate most. I mean, there are some Christians who do it well, but as a whole, if I was going to lump us yeah. together, this was this was. We are not knocking it out of the park in terms of representing Christ in terms of the way that we comment. Yeah, this is the question I want to I wanted to raise. But Let's do it before we get into more of the how to do this well. How how would what would your assessment be of how the Christian community is doing this at this point? It's hard because my assessment is based on just my experience, and that's a lot of people commenting on my platforms. Although I go to others and comment now and then, but I guess I'd say it's probably more of an exception to find a Christian who thinks these things through and says, how is this going to land by the person I'm engaging? Am I asking a good question? Is this thoughtful? Is this Christ-like? There are Christians that do that. I'm not sure it's most. I'm not sure it's most. So I think it's an area we have a huge need for improvement, again, myself included. So in, other, in other words, we, <laughs> we look a lot like our divisive culture. We, don't, we probably don't look any different as a whole, substantively different. So if the question is they will know us by our love, I, I, somebody should do a study. I'd love a PhD dissertation on examining how to do some quantitative, qualitative assessment. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is we'd have some things that are encouraging, but a lot that would say this is not projecting know us by our love the way we comment. Now, you did a, a blog post not that long ago where you tackled this question more head on, and you, you talk about different ways in which Jesus might, and you emphasize might because mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, we don't know, but might have used social media. Uh, so, And you've got five ways. So I want to I'm going to tackle each of those, have you comment on, okay. on each of those. So you said first Jesus would ask questions. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, he spends a lot of time in the Gospels asking questions. Why do you think that would be such an, such an important view of social media? Because typically, the only questions I see asked on social media comments are rhetorical ones that have a little snarky flavor yes. to them. Yes. 
So we have over 330 recorded questions from Jesus. And by the way, there's 262 recorded questions from Paul. So if Jesus is our creator and he communicated by asking questions and made our brains to respond in a certain fashion, then it seems pretty obvious to me we should ask questions as well. Partly what questions do is, unless it's framed in a snarky way, oftentimes it lowers the temperature a little bit. Hey, I'm curious. I want to know how would you deal with this? But also just make somebody think. Social media tends to be reactive. Part of my goal is I just want to maybe make somebody think about something in a different angle that they hadn't. Just move the ball forward. And questions are one of the best way to do this. I mean, think about some of the questions Jesus asked. Why does this generation seek a sign? How can Satan cast out Satan? Who do you say that I am? Those are tweetable. They're quick to the point. So even sometimes when somebody criticizes me, now, by the way, for the record, if somebody personally attacks me, Christian or not, I rarely respond unless I can respond with grace. Because a big piece of this is just the amount of time we spend. That's a question we don't consider. I've spent 45 minutes commenting and then being done and thought, I can never get that 45 minutes back. Right. And that was just not yeah. a good use. And so that's a whole yeah. other conversation. But how well we use time and is it worth it uh, needs to be a piece of it. So I would invite, so sometimes on Twitter, I'll just ask a question. And in some ways, that's how I learn. I'm interested. But I have atheists, skeptics, conservatives, progressive Christians follow me. Maybe that'll make them think differently. So I would love to see Christians just lead by asking questions on social media when they engage others. It's, well, it's harder work to ask good questions than it is to pontificate your point. That's very true. Um, so here's very another true. thing. Here's another thing you mentioned Jesus did, which I think is a, is a really insightful point. Jesus cared deeply about mm. those who were on the margins, the poor, lame, crippled, marginalized um, in the first century. Mm. And he spent an inordinate amount of time. Uh, other than that with his disciples, I think he spent the lion's share of his discretionary time with those who were outside the margins. Uh, and, and your point is that he would have used social media to reach particularly small groups that everybody else was ignoring. Mm. Yeah. How would he have used social media to do that today? Well, I, one of the temptations we talked about, social media affecting us, is gauging somebody. Do they have a blue check or not? How many subscribers do they have? How many followers do they have? And then it's easy to instrumentally turn somebody in a means to get something you want from them because they have a bigger following. That's such a temptation. So in other words, Jesus would not have gone after the influencers necessarily. He, w- uh, he wouldn't have solely had a strategy to go after the influence. The influencers are made in the image of God. Paul reached some of the intellectual mm-hmm. elites, but not only them at the expense of the right. little guy, because everybody's made in the image of God. Leave the 99 and go get the one. Mm-hmm. So that makes me, I think all the time on social media. Who am I responding to? Who am I commenting with? Even if somebody sends me a message, I can't respond to all of them, but I try and just say, all right, this is a real person. This is a question. There's ministry to one, mm-hmm. whether they have a following or not. So I'll get invited on different, different podcasts and different shows, which is great. And I can't do all of them, 
but it's easy to think, well, how big is their following? I'm only going to do it if it's worth my time. And I had a high school kid reach out to me for his Bible club in another country, and I was like, this is for seven people. If I never do things like that, I'm succumbing to not valuing the way Jesus did people without a bigger following. So I'm not going to pretend I have that perfectly dialed in, but I think Jesus would be very cognizant of everybody matters, big or small following. That's not the lens by which we should value people. And those seven people in another part of the world, that may be the only shot they get. Yeah. Maybe maybe. so. Yeah, who knows? That's that. Third, you say Jesus would speak truth clearly and boldly. Spell, unpack that a bit. Yeah, so sometimes when we think about Jesus, people say, well, he told stories and he talked with kids and he was just a peacemaker. And that's a piece of it. Sort of a, a divine <laughs> right? Mr. Rogers. Yeah, that's such, such a good way to describe it, a divine Mr. Rogers. And that's a piece of it. But as we talked earlier, Jesus spoke truth boldly and clearly. Now, he was thoughtful about how he did it. I don't want to lose this. There is a prophetic voice at times to speak out truth. And I think Jesus did that. So what I found was many more people want to lead with a prophetic voice and speak that way rather than compassionately and graciously and strategically. But as we shift towards commenting that way, we can't lose it. There's a time where you call sin out for sin and that you speak truth boldly. Jesus certainly did that. I mean, he told people to repent and believe in him in Mark 1. He talked about God's judgment in Matthew 22. You want to lose some subscribers and followers and you want to get piled on? If I do something on hell, it makes a lot of people upset. But sometimes I'll talk about it. He called out religious leaders for their hypocrisy. So a lot of that truth was inward focused at other Christians. But he would speak truth boldly and clearly at the right time in the right way. And you also say that he would be predominantly motivated by love. Mm. So not, not in contrast to speaking yeah. clearly, but, but as, a, as a supplement to that, uh, his, I, I think it's fair, to, would, it be, would it be fair to say that his motive was to win people more so than winning arguments? I think that's right. And I think Jesus was intent on loving people even if he didn't win them to the kingdom. That's something that we can lose as well. So Jesus asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love God and love other people. If my social media posting and commenting is not motivated by love, get off. Get off social media. That should be a bigger drive than anything else. If it's subscribers, if it's fame, if it's money, whatever those things are, if those things are primarily motivating us, we need to get off social media. At some point, we're going to do more harm than we are going to do good. And I think about the tender words Jesus taught, said in Luke 8 to the woman who was bleeding. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Think about the, the paralytic in Mark chapter 1. You know, and he, oh, that's in Mark chapter 2. But in Mark, in Mark chapter 1, the, the leper, mm-hmm. and he says, if you will make me clean. He didn't doubt the power of Jesus, but the compassion. And Jesus reaches out and touched him. 
those moments on Twitter, when you can just show grace to somebody, sometimes, again, there's probably people, and now that I've done this video, who are just gonna call me forever and say you fell short. <laughs> Fine, I'm in process. I'll try That's to right. own it if I do. But sometimes I literally go to my wife and I'll say, all right, this person is just ripping me. Help me concoct a gracious response. Now, a lot of those I just ignore because the time, but that can become a challenge. How do you respond graciously when someone's just coming after you? That's how I think Jesus would yeah. be motivated. One, one final point that you make on this that I think is particularly insightful is that Jesus would surprise us mm. with some of the people he engaged with. You know, the Samaritan woman at the well, Zacchaeus, the, the, you know, the tax collector, Ma- Matthew. I've been watching The Chosen. Mm. And to see him interact with Matthew and how, how countercultural that was in the first century. But there are a lot of a lot of people that, you know, he interacted with that people in the first century they wouldn't be caught dead hanging around with. Uh, how does that translate to a social media? Well, this summer I was teaching on Mark chapter two, where Jesus dines with the sinners. And this included people like tax collectors, like Matthew, who were betrayers of their own people. And to dine with somebody communicated a sense of acceptance, of relationship, a degree of equality in that culture. If you and I were there, Scott, we probably would have been, maybe I'll just speak for myself, like the Pharisees and been like, Jesus, what are you doing? Why are you dining with them? Don't you know the law? Look at what you're communicating. I, I, we're so quick to jump on the Pharisees, yeah. but we probably would have processed it oh, yeah. the same. Yeah. So that makes me ask, okay, what else am I missing about the kinds of people? I mean, Zacchaeus, I'm going to dine at your house. Tax collector, what yeah. are you doing, Extortionist. Jesus? Who are you yeah. engaging? So there's a number of people I've engaged with different worldviews, with different belief systems. And there's a lot of Christians quick to say, you shouldn't be doing this. Now I try to listen. And if I go out of bounds then, okay, I'll rein it back in. I've had to make some course (laughs) corrections. But when it's all said and done, we shouldn't be motivated by what are the masses going to say, but is this in the model of Jesus? And by the way, when he went to dine with sinners, he didn't say, you know, live your truth (laughs) to each his own, you be you. He was gracious. There was something about him that these sinners wanted to be with him. So he had grace and he had truth. So that makes me think through who should I be engaging on social media? I don't always have the answer to that, but it's not necessarily what the social media experts say you should engage to build your platform or who the religious conservatives, you know, fundamentalists of the day say you shouldn't engage them. I think Jesus had a different metric. And to them, it was what? He goes, it's not the, it's the sick who needs a doctor, not those who are well. So if somebody's open to have a conversation with me in spiritual things, I want to engage them. This is the reason we're equipping our students to be able to do that too, because some, so. some of the folks that some of the folks that we ask our students to read, uh, you know, if if somebody saw our syllabi, they might think, "What? What? Who? Why are you ha- Why are you reading this person?" Like I've had, mm. I've had my students read Peter Singer for years. I love it because I want I want people you to should. be able to interact graciously and cogently with somebody who is, has been that influential in the debates over abortion and assisted suicide. And so I think, I, I, I guess maybe would you say that your advice to people who are on social media would be, would be to say, hey, 
every once in a while, surprise people with who you're engaging with. Exactly. And by the way, Peter Singer, it's one thing to read his material. And I think we do a good job at Biola reading different views. But now you can send him a DM. I don't know if he's on Instagram, but I don't follow him. But you can reach out to these people. You can comment on their yeah. posts. I just want Christians to say, how could you love and reach somebody like Peter Singer? Is it saying you're in favor of infanticide? Well, I don't know. Maybe sometimes being told shocking things is what wakes somebody up. But I also know that it's, you know, it's your kindness that leads to repentance. A soft word breaks a bone. I'd just like us and myself included to ask, how can we better love people through social media, Christian or not? I think if we just start with that approach, it's going to shape the way we comment. Well, this has been brought to you. This is a special episode of Think Biblically podcast here with my co-host, Scott Ray. If you do not follow us on the Think Biblically podcast, by that name, you can find it. Hit subscribe. Thanks for joining us. Go out and comment as Jesus would.